0: Hey, it's Lucas Scrobot, and you're listening to the Lucas Scrobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future. Well, today we have a special show for you. I was recently asked to be on a podcast, the Dome Podcast, with Hatem from here in Muscat, Oman. And he is a radio presenter, a TV presenter, and has a great show. We had a great conversation really tackling the intersect of all the LGBTQ issues from the West here in the Middle East. So I hope you that you enjoy this episode. You may have noticed that we've been absent the last couple of weeks, and that is due to the fact that we are shifting our studio from uh, the location of our studio, and that has taken a little bit more time and energy and effort than we had expected. But rest assured, we will be back soon.
1: People from the West come
2: and settle in the Middle East. It is going crazy. I mean, it's like, what on earth is even happening? What's a woman? Yeah. If you identify as LGBTQIA2SA, LMNOP plus. is walking naked on the streets. You have to do the same thing. Teachers saying, no, you're really a she, you're not a he, we're gonna call you by a different name. And when you let go of faith, then everything else is welcome. The very existence of a law, they've exchanged it for a lie, which is- With
1: ice cream and you know, they're just-
2: Oh yeah. Crossing the streets and as if, all
1: of these naked wicked women, they don't exist.
2: Suicide rates among uh, transgendered people who have transitioned, they are the same rate as Jews in the Nazi concentration camps. The
1: strict rules about uh, raising the rainbow flags and so on
2: uh, in the stadium. These ideas are in our kids' face every day. Every day, until they take over. Bismillah rahman
1: rahim My dear brothers and sisters, welcome to Dome Podcast and I'm your host Hatem al abdis and today I have a special guest. My honorable guest today is Mr. Lucas Krobat. I hope I pronounce your name perfect. Perfect. MashaAllah. Uh, uh, Mr. Lucas is a podcast host of his own show, The Lucas Krobat Show, and uh, he discusses cultural and geopolitical events in his podcast and he's also one of my favorite bakers wow. He's the owner and the baker of
2: roots bread bakery assalamu alaikum. wa alaykum Lucas. assalam how are alhamdulillah and
1: you what's
2: up news what's what's alhamdulillah all and you how's your it's
1: nice to have you man <laughs> on oh, the I'm show so i'm very excited we we planned this you know for a very long time and finally it's you know uh, it's a reality we're here we were here day before yesterday and then the power went off. So thank God today, Alhamdulillah, we, we have power, we can do the show. Uh, so, Lucas, today we're going to talk about some concepts. Yes, mainly uh, Western concept and Middle Eastern concept. Um, the first thing I want to ask you is about you living in Oman. Yes, because as you know, in the past hundred years, it used to be the other way around where people from the east would migrate to the West mm-hmm. to look for a comfortable living, to look for opportunities. But now there's a shift uh, in the trend that people from the West come and settle in the Middle East. Why is that, uh, locus
2: Yeah, I think, I guess a couple things. I still, you know, evidence shows that immigration to America is still massive. I think America is still the most immigrated nation towards. Um, and as the middle east has come up oil there's better job opportunities so there's a large incentive even financially for people in the west to come and get jobs here in the east because in developing countries there's more opportunity to move up or be in a higher position in the rank if you are in the west grinding out at your nine-to-five job you're trying to climb the corporate ladder and there's 30 people up above you (laughs) and you're like, hopefully one day I'll be the CEO, but it's not going to happen. So I think that's, that's one reason for us specifically. uh, We had some friends out here in Muscat and they invited us to visit back in 2011. And so my wife and I came out, we didn't have any kids then we have four now and we visited and wow, we just, it felt like home, we fell in love and, uh, so we went back home, had our first child, and then we've now had four other boys here in the Khalid, here in the Middle Allah, East. Um, and so nine years, you know, that,
1: that's the thing. Uh, I understand, uh, you know, single people who come to the Middle East to seek an opportunity. Mm. But families, you know, big families, you have four kids, yeah, Allah, yeah. to try and raise your kids uh, in the Middle East. Yeah, uh, which is totally different, so different. Than, than the West. Uh, what is attracting uh, people from the West to start their families or raise their kids uh, in, in the Middle East?
2: Yeah, I, you know, I, I will say raising your family away from your immediate family yes. presents a lot of challenges. As anyone who has migrated away from maybe the Middle East to the West, they have challenges. They, they don't necessarily instantly have a peer group or a friend group. They don't have their aunties and uncles and grandparents to take care of their kids. So raising your family here presents a a huge set of challenges. Um, But I think one of the things that my wife and I find, I don't know if comforting is the right word, we feel blessed that right now, the state of the West, as we know, probably from the title of this show, it is going crazy. I mean, it's like, what on earth is even happening when it comes to the indoctrination of children, specifically in the school system? Yeah. Um, if you, I don't know the last time you were in America, the last time I was in America was in 2019, and it it was a different world. The the LGBT agenda, I think we we're there during Pride Month, um, and Pride Month, for those who don't know,
1: Apparently yeah, yeah we don't know apparently man. apparently
2: <laughs> what's if, a pride month if you identify as lgbtqia2sa Elementop plus so the, the acronym they at one point there was a sign with 27 different um, identifications so it's, i don't know if i can say the lesbian lg gay bisexual transsexual uh, or queer binary b- binary uh Sister, you know, there's millions of genders so that's what they in the ideology of the movement there are millions of genders there's an infinite amount of genders and identifications and um isn't that a little bit
1: overwhelming i don't mean only for the kids but even for the adults you know to cope with
2: you with know such a thing. it's it's i think beyond overwhelming i think it is um delusional the right word is delusion it is a a delusion that the west not all but the the prominent voice in the west yes. has fallen under and so being able to raise your kids away from that conversation away from those pressures of when you're at a young age having to wonder is my primary school teacher of my kids are they indoctrinating my children are they when my son goes to primary school, grade one, grade two, is the doctor saying, or the, the teacher saying, no, you're really a she, you're not a he, we're going to call you by a different name. Oh, now you can, be and then th- call the police on you. Oh, now you can be a cat
1: or a dog or yeah. anything that comes into your mind.
2: It's, it is, it is a delusion. It is, it is a full blown delusion and it is a delusion uh, because they've denied the truth The the West has denied the truth. And so one, the, the thing that brought you and I together, Hatsum, if I remember correctly. Yes. The bread. I, I, oh, it, uh, <laughs> Okay. It was the bread. <laughs> I remember uh, someone shared one of your posts on Instagram and you were sharing about dream interpretation. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I love dream interpretation. I love dreams. I love the, the spiritual realm. And I'm like, oh, this, I, I jive with this guy. We, we think in many of the same ways. And and so is that affinity for both of us being men of faith, both of us being men who fear God. Yes. Well, in in the West, they have exchanged the truth for a lie. Yeah. They have exchanged the truth of the existence of God, the very existence of a law. They have exchanged it for a lie, which is there is no God, and you are our god you are your own god but, you are but your own thing, truth the
1: thing is uh, um, lucas if if i may say how were people deceived into this i'm glad you asked that question H- how did they yes. you know buy this idea yes. how did they so to us in the middle east it's it's a total strange you know uh, phenomenon yes we can't seem to digest the idea how did it happen so
2: in order to understand cuz if we were to go on the rest of the show and try to dissect what is happening, what's the right way to respond to a kid who's confused about their gender? Do we say,
0: no, it's not,
2: and we stomp our foot down hard and then be accused of being bigoted or being accused of being closed-minded when really we're trying to do what's best for the child? And you're normal. And, and,
1: and we're normal. Ten years ago, this Ten- was normal.
2: <laughs> yeah. And especially, I mean, it's a little bit of a tangent, but especially when you look at the suicide rates among uh, transgendered people who have transitioned. They are, about, they are the same rate as um, Jews in the Nazi concentration camps. So it's clear that something psychologically is terribly wrong. So, of course, we'd want to protect our kids from that. But there's a delusion that's taking place. And if we try to dissect what's happening on, on this level, on each individual point, we would become confused. And that is the entire agenda of the movement. So we have to take a couple steps back to understand postmodernism. Mm. So postmodernism, it's a big word, but I'm gonna break it down into the simplest form so that you can understand it. Yes postmodernism at its core says there is no truth there is no objective reality you might not be sitting there i might not be sitting here you listening you this, you might not be listening to me this is
1: very foreign to us you know i, I can't i can't digest the idea of you, you saying this because i've i've watched uh, a documentary where this guy is doing to a documentary talking about yeah. women. Yeah. And he goes to university professors and asks them, what's a woman? Yeah. And he doesn't get a straight answer.
2: Nobody can say. No one can. A woman is anyone who identifies as a woman. Well, so if I identify as a woman, then what am I as identifying as? All right. It's nothing. It's like it's become undefinable. But this is again, it goes back to postmodernism. Postmodernism says, Words don't really have meaning except meaning that we attribute to them and therefore we can deconstruct a word and it can mean anything. So we can deconstruct gender. What is gender? Well, it's just men have certain feelings and women have certain feelings, but really when we think about it, maybe a man has more feelings like a woman and therefore they're a woman. So but the the underlying basis of this movement of the LGBT Agenda comes out of postmodernism, which started with Kant uh, back in the 1700s, I believe. And the birth of it was Kant saying, I, for the sake of faith, I will set aside truth. Now, in, in the Christian worldview, in our Christian belief, yes. uh, Isimasi, Jesus Christ, told us that we are to worship God in spirit. It's our heart, our emotion, our life and in truth and so we are called to do both and if we let go of truth what happens absurdity happens history progresses a little bit more and we come to the late 1800s turn of the uh, 20th century and we have marx and Engels. marx started marxism you don't need to know a whole lot about marx except that he was the one that started communism and he said there is no such thing as morality there's no such thing as real virtue there's only power and he believed if we set up by force not by people's will but by force a government system that controlled everything and made everything equal then everyone would be happy so they thought that capitalism, which is the fact that you can produce something and sell it to me without any sort of intermediary at whatever price you want. Yes. They thought that capitalism for sure was going to fall and communism and socialism was going to take over the world. Instead what we saw was millions of people being killed in the USSR, being taken to concentration camps. Why? Because they had a stone chimney. Because they were considered the rich. They were considered the bourgeoisie. A Bourgeoisie is another big word for the ruling class. And so it caused, they stripped farmers of land. It caused man-made famines and the nation was destroyed. We saw the same thing when communism was implemented in China. It didn't take long before they realized that under capitalism, the simple men and women like you and me, when we are free to work and earn the money from our work based on how hard we work, we grow into the middle class and we grow into the upper class and that's a right. And that's a right. It's yes. a, a god-given right. If you work, you should get paid. If you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Yes. This is a god-given right. And it's logic. It it is logic. They realized it wasn't they realized that socialism wasn't going to take over the world. And so then they came up with a set of plans, and they came up with a set of 45 different goals of how to overthrow Christian-Judeo morals. That would be morals that Islam, that all of the Abrahamic faiths share at its base core. Yeah. So,
1: and core. And that's the, uh, that's the thing holding people together. Yes. Faith. Faith. And when you let go of faith, then everything else is welcomed. Because faith gives you the direction w- yes. on how you should regulate your life. Yes. Because it comes from divine, from a higher authority. Yes. So when you lose that that moral compass that you have, which yes. is through faith, then everything becomes okay, It becomes normal, it becomes Absolutely. acceptable. Now the challenge I want to ask you, uh, Lucas, is now Western families that are moving to the Middle East and settling and raising their kids, there is a possibility always that, oh, we'll have to go back home. Mm-hmm. What will happen to our kids after living in an environment like this, a safe environment, going back and then being... It was, it's going to be a cultural shock for them to be introduced again to such a things Well, while, while for a very long time they maybe have not heard of that. They've not come mm-hmm. across such things. Yeah. So aren't you personally... Worried about?
2: I'm not. I, I mean, of course, every parent is. I know you're trying to pivot to the next question, but let me finish this thought because this yes. thought will be a foundation of how we can understand what's behind the chaos that's happening. Yeah. And if we can understand what's behind the chaos, we'll be able to equip our kids. Yes. You know, my wife and I, we feel capable of equipping our kids to face that one day because we're building them in a way that is. Has a basis of faith and a basis of truth. Yes. Thomas Aquinas, who is a famous Christian philosopher in the 1200s, he said that there's four different kinds of laws. There's eternal law, which would just be the pretty much the essence of who God is. There is uh, divine law, which is what you were referring to.
1: Scriptures and scripture.
2: So on, yeah. These are things that have been revealed to man. Mm. The West has denied that there's any sort of God revelation given to man. But we as people of the book, we believe that the book is God's laws given to us. Yes. And then there would be human laws which is like wear a seatbelt when you drive. And those laws. things can change, yeah. Yeah. And so those are important to hang on to. But under postmodernism, under marxism, they want to undermine that. And the way they said we're going to undermine this is we're going to get into schools and we're going to control schools we're going to control the curriculum we're going to control the media we're going to cause students to spark riots to upend societies this is what we saw in america in 2020 with the george floyd riots we, we saw riots right. like what is going on it is this movement they they said their goal was to make art meaningless you look at western art and it's just lines in chaos to do away with all sorts of government censorship against obscenity laws, and to break down cultural standards of morality, and to make pornography, obscenities, uh, and in normal in books, magazines, and TV, and to make the LGBT movement as something that is normal. That was their goal. So when we look at why is this happening? we realize there's a, this LGBT movement, it is just a tool to upend society to establish something far more dangerous than the LGBT movement. And so when we begin to understand that there are people and a movement of a hundred years of history. Planning this. Planning this. Planning this. We can then see the schemes of the enemy, the schemes of shaitan. Because this is something that it truly is demonic. It truly is set up to destroy morality, to destroy families, to destroy the stability of society. And when we understand that, then we can stop worrying about these small arguments down here and we can train our kids up in a way that they are able to go out into the world and affect the world.
1: And that's why it's important to hold on to one another and to raise our kids that we are normal. What is going on in the world is crazy. Yes, Uh, because in today's world, having such views that you have mentioned or the views or the values that we're sharing together might be alienated Mm -hmm. when we go to 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 such places because it's no longer normal to feel this way. No, you have to be with the crowd, with everybody else. You know, yep. everybody is working naked on the streets. You have to do the same thing. Yeah, everybody is has his own label of who they are, what gender they are. You have to fall into yes. the place. Now, the thing is that is really, uh, you know, um, concerning, especially people in the Middle East and and in the Muslim world, is that, OK, This is happening in the Western world. It's up to them. Yeah. This is what they believe in. It's up to them. Yeah. But the problem starts when it is imposed
0: on other nations like
1: Africa. Yes. You've seen so many interviews with African uh, leaders and they totally refuse this because they say we run our countries based on what the people want. And to the people of Africa, this type of behavior is not acceptable. It's not Mm -hmm. welcomed. So why are you trying to impose this on us insane? And this is the thing.
2: I mean, I know I know why
1: even if we go further, uh, you know, I'm I'm, going to shift around the the, the ideas. We're heading towards the uh, World Cup in Qatar. Mm -hmm. And uh, recently there has been an announcement about the strict rules about Uh, raising the rainbow flags and so on uh, in the stadium. Yeah. Uh, There was a lot of, uh, uh, you know, backlash on on Twitter and social media platforms talking about this, that this is something that is our right. We can we have to do it. Why is Qatar being so harsh and so on? Mm -hmm. Uh, But to the people in the Middle East, they have certain values uh, that they want to hold on with. I don't know. We might not understand the Western philosophy. What do you think, uh,
2: Lucas? Uh? I I think w- what this is touching on is freedom of speech, yes, freedom of expression. And what is interesting about what is happening in the West regarding this is the progressive, because it's a progressive movement, they say, well... Hatem, you're being bigoted. You're being closed minded. How could you be so hateful? And you're saying, wait a minute, I'll, I'm not being hateful. I'm saying you go ahead and do that. I'm going be to be over here. Yeah. But unless you agree and affirm them, then you're closed minded. Now,
1: the, let's, let's go back to the word bigotry. You mentioned yes. bigotry. What does it mean? If someone labels me, Hatim as a bigot person, what does it mean?
2: You know, normally it means it's someone who is closed-minded, who is very strict, and isn't willing to change, and hates anyone that doesn't think and look exactly like them. Which then here's the deep, deep irony. When you look at everything that's happening within the movement, Who's the real closed-minded group? Is it the group that's saying, okay, I understand that you have some issues, going, you have you have something going on and you wanna live a certain way. Okay, ethno like, I go for it. But we're gonna live this way. And they're saying, no, we are going to enforce this on you and if you don't look like us, if you don't accept us, who's the real? Who's the real close-minded and bigot in this situation?
1: You know, Lucas, excuse me. Excuse my ignorance. It's just too confusing because on one side, you're you're dictating to us that we should have the freedom of speech. And when we express our freedom of speech, what we think, we become bigotry. So it's very confusing, man. We don't know. Do you want us to have freedom of speech or do you want us to be you know to be bigot and as that's bigotry. why
2: and that's why you have to go back to everything that I talked about in the first bit of the show to understand it has nothing to do with whether you're a bigot or not a bigot or what you believe or you don't believe it is all about causing fear and intimidation to retreat and retreat and give more ground and more ground until they take over until you lose your voice completely. This is what they did in the USSR. This is what communism and socialism does. It is a tool. And, and so it is confusing. It's in a Western American English talk. I don't know. We call it gaslighting. Where you tell people one thing and then you're like, well, you're the one that's controlling me. And you're like, no, no, no. You're making that up. And so you're making people question their reality. And that's what they're doing on a large scale. When it goes back to freedom of speech, as you pointed out, within the LGBT movement, there is not freedom of speech. Which you think there would be. I've interviewed. I've interviewed feminists. Um, there's different waves of feminists, but this one in particular, we had an interview, and at the end of the interview. She essentially told me I had to edit all these things out because she was afraid of what her peer group would think about what she said, what she believes. And so she was self-censoring because in this movement, unless you fall exactly in step with what they believe, you'll be shut down. Which this leads to a bigger question. How do we then equip our children to combat this and not fall prey to it? If we operate in the same way that they do. Which is? Which is, unless you think this way, I'm going to shut you down. I'm going to shame you. I'm going to beat you into submission. And if you disagree with me, if you insult me, I'm going to retaliate with violence. This Hmm. is what the movement does. If we respond the same way, we will lose our kids, hands down. And this is why. Because freedom of speech... Is required for freedom of thought right now in our conversation you and I were thinking I'm testing out my ideas in the world you're testing out your ideas in the world and we're both trying to come to what is the truth and its freedom of thought which is needed for freedom of belief and so if we deny our children the freedom of belief they will Go with the crowd who's doing the same thing, denying freedom of belief, because they will then be accepted and at least they're going to be, you know, in the in group and not the out group.
1: You know, uh, Lucas, uh, discussing about this brings us to something very important, Mm. that we are sitting on the same table as two parents. Yes. We are concerned for our kids, mm. that makes us the same. We have the same feelings. We have the same thoughts. We have the same concerns. Mm. But we have been deluded mm-hmm. for the past 100 or 200 years that we are enemies. Yes. And that's the idea that has been propagated. Yes. In the West that Arabs or Muslims are the enemy and on our side, the same thing. People had the feeling that, oh, the West, everybody is the same. They all hate us. But in reality, we have the same concerns. Yeah. So we have been deceived in thinking that we are very different, but we are not. So and I'm sure when we get together as families, Mm -hmm. as people of different nations having the same concerns, they're going to fight against us. They don't like this. Mm -hmm. So how can we stick together? Lucas, as the people of the world, people who still base their lives on morality, on mm-hmm. faith, on doing what is right, on stand sta- on standing for their rights. Because what we see today, a lot of families, they are put into the system or shoved into the system. They don't have the guts to say no. I don't want it. I don't want this for my kids. Yeah. You know, I don't. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. i will not believe in this, which is very strange to to us people in the Middle East. Why? Because we are used to seeing the West always speaking up their mind. Mm. So if the tax go up, you see people doing riots. They're yeah. on the streets. They don't yeah. like this. If the president is corrupt, they will always have a riot and you want to kick him out of office. (laughs) If if anything is like when the um, insurance, health insurance system, you know, collapsed or they changed, people, you know, were very upset and they spoke about it. Yeah. But when it came to this, nobody seems to, you know, be able to speak up. Although I'm sure there is a lot of people out there in the Western world, they feel this way. They don't like what they see. Mm -hmm. They're not comfortable. But why don't they have the power to, to speak up?
2: Well, they lost it over a number of decades. So, you know, as they the movement took over the institutions, the education, the government, um, the media, because hmm. they're they in control of the media, really, that follows lockstep. Slowly and slowly, people stopped speaking up. People stopped speaking truth, Yes, they stopped saying what they believed because they were afraid of backlash. And so it's a common tactic of if if you say something that I don't agree with or believe, if I can threaten you, intimidate you, and cause fear, then the next time that you want to say something, you're gonna think, hmm, should I disagree right now? Is it worth the fight that I'm going to have? And this is common in marriages. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at a, a abusive marriages and it could be the husband or the wife. You're well, going to get in trouble now. <laughs> I, I am, I'm going to get in trouble. It's. I'm if, not, not going to edit this. <laughs> no, but, but it's, it's yeah. true. It's abusive relationships. Yeah. It's an abusive relationship where if you say, hey, actually I'm thinking something else and the person explodes and goes crazy, commits violence, yells, shames, screams. The next time, if we are in a relationship, like a, a friendship, if I was doing the, cause you can have uh, manipulative yeah. friendships. The next time, Hatsum, that you're gonna say, hey Lucas, uh, I don't know about that. You're gonna think twice because you know, Lucas is gonna throw a fit. Yeah, It's gonna be a, it's a so three it. day fight. It's yeah. not worth it. I'll let this little thing slide. And when we start letting these little things slide and slide and slide sooner or later we're starting to let big things slide because at that point we've lost any sort of footing we've become so weak that we no longer have the ability to keep the 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 sense of morality in our culture you know obscenity law so in, in america for instance there are something called obscenity laws, where that is up to the community. If the community doesn't like a billboard or the community doesn't like a book, they have the right to go to the state government or the local government and say, we believe that this billboard or this book is breaking our obscenity laws. But people aren't doing it, why? Probably one, they don't realize they have the power to do it. And two, it's not worth the fight. Yeah. because. I get it. People are going to come after their jobs. People are going to lose their jobs. People are going to lose their livelihood. They're going to have their name put all over the place.
1: I, I it's think not worth it. Uh, n- now you have put it in in uh, in a way that we can understand because this was always a concern to us. Why isn't anyone saying anything about it? But now it's very clear. Lucas, let's sh- take let us take a short break Great. and then continue our discussion. Dear brothers and sisters, welcome back to Dome Podcast uh, with me, Hatim al Salam, and my honorable uh, friend, Lucas. How are you today? Doing great. Alhamdulillah. I think we had a lot on our plate today. We've spoken about so many things. I want to touch about um, hate crime and mm. uh, racism. <laughs> and I'm sure this is not something unique uh, to hear only. It's everywhere. But uh, maybe the way we deal with it uh, in the Eastern world is different than, uh, you know, and in, in, in the Western world, the way I see it here in the Eastern world, um, religion or faith came to break racism. So once some you find someone who is racist and then you hit them with the religious stick that, oh, God says that you shouldn't be racist, they can argue about that because like, the the divine scripture or, or the divine uh, laws are sacred, uh, even for those who are non-practicing, so they can't say anything about it. But what's the case uh, in the West when it comes to hate crimes, when it comes to racism and so on?
2: I'll start by saying this. Yeah. Uh, there's racism everywhere in the world. Definitely. It doesn't matter what country you go to. Yeah. When we talk about the way that racism is being talked about now, before, you know, in the 80s, 90s, probably early 2000s, the idea of being not racist was saying, I'm colorblind. Like, I, I don't see color. It doesn't matter the color of someone's skin. I'm going to treat everyone differently. Um, but that has now changed. And in the West specifically, um, with the Black Lives Matter movement, or BLM, um, which is expressly a communist Marxist organization whose goal is to disrupt the normal family and to promote LGBTQ rights. That is on Black Lives Matter's website. They they had to take it down because they got so much flack from it. That is in their express goal. To see transgenderism moved and to disrupt the the husband and wife family. That's what they want to do. It's in it's black and white in their literature. What does that have to do with this? Has to black do black Lives Matter? It, it has to do with Black Lives Matter because what they want to do is not just hey everyone can be treated equally as we see them. Yes. But now we're, it's it's changed to say. Well, if you are colorblind and you're treating everyone equally, then you're a racist. Hmm. Instead, you have to treat everyone differently. And if someone has a, a certain color or now racism has expanded to, um, again, this is a big term. It's called critical race theory, which is everything we were talking about in the first segment of the show. Critical race theory says that if you have a different shade of skin that you're a little bit more oppressed. If you are a, identify as LGBTQ, then you're even more oppressed. If you have a series of these things, if you're LGBTQ, black, uh, yeah, overweight, and whatever else. So it's accumulative. And the more oppressive you are, the more virtue you have, and the more you actually know what's true. So then so then, what's happening in the West right now is saying we need to try to make everyone equal, which is called uh, equity versus equality. Equality is you have the same rights, I have the same rights. Yes. Equity is you will have the same outcome and I will have the same outcome. So that's what's happening in the West. And it, the the legal structure in the West, they have worked extremely hard to make sure that in the law, Everyone is treated equally under the law, which is an argument that some people are saying uh, that the West is racist and their laws, and it's called systematic racism. Yes. Systematic racism is where you say a government structure is specifically targeting certain people. That is just, on its face, blatantly not true in America. Uh, I've looked at the laws. I've studied that. It's, it's just not true. Um, to to back up the question a little bit um because you said racism and you said hate crime hate crimes hate crime because eventually racism leads to hate crimes well but hate crime again it doesn't make any sense on his face if i commit a crime against you hatem i don't i don't know you but i yeah. commit a crime against you wouldn't you say it's a hate crime no matter what Maybe, yeah. maybe I don't know. Because if I love you, I wouldn't, you know. Exactly. Commit a crime. If I love you, I wouldn't commit a crime. Yeah. So if any, if I steal something from anyone, I don't know who they are. I found a car and I broke in and I stole something. That's a hate crime. But what this is the the whole idea of having a hate crime, or someone should be charged worse because the crime was. Somehow, how do we determine this in a court of law? L- l- I don't labeled know. Labeled
1: as a hate crime.
2: Labeled? Wh- why? Oh, because the person was of a different color ethnicity as the other person. Again, this is, goes all the way back to the Marxist postmodern agenda to disrupt normative families and societies, to pit races and people against one another. You asked the question in the first segment, how can people of the book build friendship together, build community together, yes, yes. and the simple, the very simple answer, which every single person listening to this show can do, you find someone that doesn't look like you and you have them sit at your table. You have them over for dinner. Yes, And look, we don't, we don't have room at our table for every person in the world, for every poor person, for everyone who's in need, who's everyone that's hungry, but everyone has room for one person. Find someone and that, used to that be doesn't the case. look like you.
1: And that used to be the yeah. case where people recognized the differences, but they accepted the differences. Yes. People used to live in one community. Yes. Yeah. But now even people who who are a carbon copy of you from your from your tribe, from your family, yeah. from your color, from your race, you don't accept them. Yeah. It has now reached to an extent where it all has to do with you. Yes. Only. But it's because I don't
2: care about what happens to the rest of the world. You're God now, right? It's humanism. Man is, you, it, as they say in, in the West, live your truth. You know, just live your truth. What, what does that mean? Live my truth? Meaning? <laughs> Meaning what? It means you are the person that de- gets to decide what is true who just do whatever makes you feel good. Do what makes me feel good. If I did what makes me feel good, my life would be a wreck.
1: Yeah, and, and everything's gonna be a chaos. Yeah. Just imagine if I decide to, to, to do what, what what makes me feel good, then let's say I will drive my car for 200 kilometers per hour. It makes me feel good. It gives yeah. me the the, the adrenaline uh, you know, spike. So does that make it right? That's the question.
2: But when, but when we, as you said as well, the people of the book, we believe in divine revelation. But when you essentially say you move from the fact that we believe in a God that is intricately involved in our lives to saying there is no God, well, then what do you fill it with? Well, you fill it with man as the... Uh, the uh, evolutionary pinnacle of the universe, and we become God, and then you become God, and you become the sayer of what is true or not. And also the idea, I think uh, most of the people are moving away
1: from the idea of divine or something higher than you. They wanna eliminate the the idea of responsibility and accountability. Mm -hmm. Because the moment you believe in a higher supreme power, then you would know for sure that for every action, there is a reaction. Yes. And there is consequences for my action in this world. Yeah. And I don't want that. I want freedom. I want to do whatever I want. Yes. Uh, I want to go to work naked. So that's not going to work. If I believe in God and and do this, (laughs) it it doesn't work. Now, uh, I think... uh, when it comes to the issues that we have in smaller communities, and then you have issues like in the bigger scale, like winter is coming, mm. and uh, Europe is going to suffer because of the uh, energy crisis, the, yeah. the, the, the crisis of gas, and then the war between Russia and Ukraine. Um, you know, talking about us being together, feeling the same feelings, having sharing our concerns. How does it feel, you know? Uh, what's the concern? What is w- what is happening in Europe? How are the people going to cope uh, in the cold weather?
2: Mm. I'm gonna zoom out a little bit more because the sure, the crisis is in Europe, but we've seen inflation through the roof across the globe. Yes. Uh, after um, the pandemic, mm-hmm. we saw, legislation put in place that crippled the global economy. Yes. That crippled the shipping. Um, We don't realize how highly complex of a system that we all live in. And that when one thing goes wrong, everything is disrupted. Yes. And so what we are, what Europe is going to experience What America is going to experience when it comes to whether it's inflation or then turns to deflation, which is um, actually worse, where the economy is unable to grow, it will have massive, massive impact on everyone here in the Middle East, in Africa, in the Solomon Islands. It doesn't matter where you are. You are going to feel the, the shifting of the tide, as many people, many experts are saying we are heading towards one of those macro global shifts, um, which will be quite bumpy, a bumpy ride for many people. So I, I think that the way to defend ourselves against it. Yes. Again, it's this. It's meet your neighbor. Find someone that doesn't look like you build a relationship. The other thing, and this is what I did, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'm I'm a baker, I have a bakery, just opened a bakery. That doesn't make sense to me in some ways, but for so many years, I was caught up in the media world, so many screens, everything is, you know, separated from people, and increasingly, I began to say, I need to integrate into the community Around me. I need to connect with the the physical world around me. And so that means turn off the YouTube, turn off the show. The gadgets. <laughs> the gadgets. The the infinite scroll. Look at your kids and spend time with them. You wanna you wanna make sure your kids don't go down a bad road? Play with your kids. you, you know, by the time a child is 14, get this an average child consumes 18,000 hours of media by the time they're 14. That's six years of eight hours a day of media as a full-time job. And so if you want to defend your kids from what's coming, it doesn't matter, it does not matter where you live. They are on the phone, they are on the screen, they're watching the TV. And they are getting the messaging that's coming out. Remember what I said in the beginning. It was, take over the media. If you want to protect your kids, play with them. Play just play with them. You, Go outside you, and play.: you, you touched
1: on the wound. Uh, Lucas. Play with them.: Yeah. you know, keep them away from what is being projected on media.: We have Disney. Yeah, our kids' favorite <laughs> platform. Oh, Disney, and we have Netflix, you know. What's going on with these two companies or organizations? It used to be the safest zone. You know, all the channels are censored. I'm very happy to watch uh, Disney animation movies with my kids. But now, Mm -mm. I'm concerned. I can't, you know. Uh, There's no other safe space. You know, even if we are working parents, we don't have time. The least we can do is at least during the weekend, we'll watch an animated movie with the kids together with popcorn in the house. You know, we're spending time together close to one another. Yeah. But now even that we can't do. I'm not so sure how it works back in the West, but here in the Middle East, it's just going crazy. The reason why I'm asking you this is that uh, you have the nudity and the porn industry, mm-hmm. which almost does not exist in this part of the world, and the
2: in- the the industry doesn't exist. The, the, the industry, but the, the, addiction, the addiction, the addiction is, is there. Real.
1: But I mean, if we see a poster in the streets of Muscat today, Mustahir. it it's almost impossible, and you're gonna have. The blackout that we had day before yesterday <laughs> on the streets because of that poster. Yeah. But it's very common where you're coming from. Mm. Yeah. We, we still fail to understand how it works when it comes to your family and kids. I went to uh, I went to Amsterdam yeah. uh, for a workshop and one of my friends told me, you know, after the class, let's go and see the city. I said, okay, let's go see the city. Why? And he took me to red light district. Mm -hmm. And there was nudity all Mm -hmm. over the place. And, you know, what shocked me is how everybody thought this is okay and normal. And what shocked me more is to see the families with their kids, with ice cream. And, you know, they're just crossing the streets and as if... All of these naked wicked women, they don't exist. Oh, it's it's, it's what, what's that's going the on, tip of but, the that's the tip but, of the iceberg. What, what's going on, Lucas? Please fill me uh, in. And
2: I am just lost. I w- you know what? I wish it was just that bad, but uh in the the West, again, as I said, there's there's a, a scripture that says because man has exchanged the truth of God. Yeah for a lie, which is that there is no God, God has given them over to darkness and given them over to the desires of their heart. And the result is they exchanged natural relations with unnatural relations. So this is, it's written in the holy books that when you exchange the truth of who God is for a lie, in time, God will say, you know what? Go for it. Like, if this is what you want, you will then reap what you sow. And so in, in the West, there are, it's, it's, this is so insane, it's called um, drag shows, trans drag shows, where men dress up like women and do things that I don't even feel comfortable sharing. But parents these days think that it's a good idea to take their kids to these drag shows where the performers are doing things that you would see inside strip clubs. And they're like, oh, this is great. You know, my kid we, needs we, to know. We, we don't
1: have strip clubs, so I don't know what happens. Uh, I've never been
2: in a strip <laughs> club. I've never been in a strip club, but you've seen it on a movie. You've seen it on the movie. that I think. The that fast forward the scene. Like, okay, yeah.
1: I, I think the. Uh the Arab uh, viewers today who are watching this 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 session is going to be beeping all over the show. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, the, they the amount
1: of ideas and concepts
2: that we have mentioned today. I think, but Hatem, yeah. these ideas are in our kids' face every day, every day. I'm worried, man. So as as you you brought up Disney, a, a video was leaked back in March of 2020. So March of 2022, excuse me, March of this year. In this video, it was a conference of all the top Disney execs. The top Disney execs coming out and saying, I have two trans children, and I started to look at all of our characters and realized we didn't have very many LGBTQ (laughs) leads. So it's not stories. It's not like they're telling uh, gay stories, but they are and you see it. When you watch a video, you're like, that, that character, they're trying to send a message about who that character is. And so they are intentionally writing into Disney films LGBTQ characters so that kids then are normalized by this, by this 18,000 hours. If you think that, you know, taking your, your kid to a religious class one hour a week or two hours a week is gonna do it for them, that's gonna beat out the school system, which is how many hours of their life, media 18,000 hours by the time they're 14, you'll be mistaken. The media is the most influential thing. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, TV, turn off the TV, limit screen time, play with your kids, build that friendship with your kids. That is what we have to do as parents.
1: SubhanAllah. I think uh, it's a lot to digest, uh, Lucas. But uh, I think I'm glad that we both are part of media and we're Mm -hmm. trying our level best, even though it's just like 0.000001 effect. But at least we're voicing our concerns out there. And we're educating people on what is right and what is wrong. Shows like like this one, uh, Lucas, and the discussions, the depth of the discussions that we're having today is what should happen in every household. Yes. You know, people should talk about their concerns, especially people in the Middle East who think that they are still living in a bubble and that whatever's happening out there in the West is not going to come to our shores. But it is it is coming to our shores. You can't block it.
2: I mean, how many? How many conversations are you having with people here where their their kids are already struggling with these?
1: So many, man. So many. Unfortunately, to say this, but so many.
2: Like, it's here. It's it's on our shores here in the Middle East. We we, we can
1: choose to be ignorant and just uh, pretend that everything is okay, uh, but it's not. You know, a few minutes ago I spoke about pornography. Mm. There was a statistics mm. uh, done on the search engines mm-hmm. for pornography mm-hmm. and the highest rate of search is from the Middle East. Yeah. So yes, we don't produce uh, this industry. We don't. We're not uh, contributors to this industry, but we are contributors because we are the most people who are, yeah. you know, logging on to these. Uh, it's just crazy. What can we say? All right, I'm I'm very much interested about um, family ties, mm. which is something that concerns you and me. Yeah, yeah, and I think also one of the solutions to the problems that we have today uh, in the world, first of all, is to have faith. Mm-hmm. Second, is the family ties. Yes, and if you notice, all of these movements that are happening, they are targeting to break families. Yes. And when you break families, you have no more resistance out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how Mm -hmm. can we uh, first of all, I'm very, very happy to to know you and to, you know, to get to to have these discussions with you. And I'm very happy that you are being harmonized. Now you have four kids or is something Great. I wish <laughs> if we had six or seven or Inshallah, eight. Inshallah, because the more kids we have, the more the bigger families we have. I'm sure 100 years ago, your grandparents had 10 kids, 20 kids. Oh, they my, had a big yeah. table. there. all had dinner together yeah. and so on. That's disappearing now. Yeah. You know, couples have a cat or a dog and that's it. We don't want kids. Yeah. To an Arab who lives in the desert and has a camel. That's crazy. Yeah. You can't convince them that, you know, you shouldn't have kids. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> so what's, what's the thing, man, about having kids and family ties?
2: Yeah, family ties. Going, I mentioned that list in the beginning of, of the show, the 45 objectives to overthrow uh, values in Western society. One of those was to get kids to be raised away from their families. Yes. So as you said, all of this is targeting family. Family is the strongest stabilizer of society. The larger goal, remember, if we are getting caught in these weeds, we're going to lose arguments because people are going to say, well, you're not being empathetic. You don't care. Love is love. Like, why don't you just love these people more? You're bigoted. You're closed-minded. We will lose a conversation. Yeah. But if we step back and we realize there's something bigger at play, which is to strip uh, autonomy, to strip people from being able to stand on their own as family and take care of their family and take care of themselves. If you can take that away from people, then you have to rely on the government. And if you have to rely on the government, then the government owns you. That's the goal. Hmm. So when it comes back to family, I was in a conversation. So that's... To recap, that's why there's such an attack on family. Yeah. I was in a conversation recently with um, someone here, um, uh, Pakistani, and we were talking about kids and family, and uh, this conversation is happening in the West and it's happening here, which is, oh, man, I don't want to raise my kids in this world. Look how dark the world is. Look how many problems there are. I don't want to put my kids into that. Look at population is growing, and we're gonna have a catastrophe. When really we're facing population collapse, but that's another story. Uh, and he's like, I don't, I don't know. And I'm like, man, I, us as a family, we want to have more and more kids. And this is why, as I'm sure y- you agree with, if we raise our kids to solve problems not to just memorize what they need to memorize and check all the right boxes. Because remember, if we just teach them to say the right answers, then when the right answer is LGBTQ, they are gonna say LGBTQ. Hmm. We need to raise them with freedom of belief, freedom of thought, which means freedom of speech. So we need to talk about these things in the home. We need to say, this is what we believe. This is why. Let's talk about it. Let's have it out in the open. Let them have Let's critical think thinking, it. yeah. If we can raise our kids that way, and we can raise our kids to be people who solve the world's problems, to be people of light in a dark world, people of hope in a dark world, that's how we're raising our kids. That's how I know you're raising your kids. Then why wouldn't we want? A dozen of them.
1: Some of some of uh, my family members had a had an issue with me. I have two boys who are seven and uh, sorry, eight and ten, and I spoke to them openly about LGBT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I showed them images, spoke to them in detail. I yes. showed them the pride and everything else, and I thought that it is necessary it is. at this point of time to educate my kids on what is going on. You have to, you know. They are no longer kids, you know, the the kids are so smart. They understand every single thing. Mm -hmm. So stop treating them like babies and talk to them. Make them understand uh, so that they are aware. And today, me and you are alive. Tomorrow we're dead, Perfect. they should have the moral compass. Yes, to know what is right and what is wrong. And faith is to back that It is. faith gives him the, the path. Where they will always be on the straight path, yes. no matter what's happening out in the world. And for those who are out there thinking that, oh, I'm not going to have kids because it's not a safe world, it, there's so much darkness, global warming, well, pop- yeah, all that stuff. Bring kids to this world who will change this reality. Yes, who's going to make a yes. positive change? Please have ten kids like Lucas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, that's it's,
1: it. That is it. I. I I seriously don't want to end this show, but unfortunately we are running out of time and this is the last minute on the show, my dear friend, but what's your last words to our brothers and sisters in the Middle East and our brothers and sisters in the West? The
2: mic is yours. The mic is mine. That's a broad question. I would go back to the overarching theme of our conversation, which is if you try to win this battle in the might in the small details down here and you don't understand the bigger strategies that are going on yeah you're gonna lose and then the second thing is find people who don't look like you who don't think like you and who disagree with you and become their friends not just be kind to them once yes. become friends with them give to them sacrificially and as we do that, we will then begin to see the world differently, and they will begin to see the world differently. And that will make the world a better place.
1: Lucas al shukran jazilan ala al fi al wa And I'm going to come for the bread. Please try his bread. Afrin. Seriously, you will love it. Please do. Dear brothers and sisters, thank you very much for watching Dome Podcast. And I was very much entertained and I was educated today about so many concepts. So see you next episode, inshallah, from me, your host, Hatam al-Absalam. Assalamu salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
0: Thanks for listening. We will be back soon with our regular programming. Until then, go out and own your future.